Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome in, welcome in. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you at Sports Talk Mississippi on a Wednesday. Richard's off again, doing what? Again, I don't know what he's doing. I don't care. We're happy to be with you. We got a busy, full show today. We'll talk about Mississippi State's loss in the NCAA tournament last night to Pittsburgh. From a casual observer standpoint, it was one heck of a basketball game. But you state fans don't want to hear that. You do want to hear us talk about it, though. We will do that. Aaron Rodgers' news broke. He went on Pat McAfee's show and said that the decision had been made for days. Shout out Trey Wingo. He was first on that. He he knew that what the decision was and people were questioning his reporting. Turns out Wingo nailed it. Good for him. Uh, So we got that to talk about. Free agency stuff happening everywhere. Former a big-time former Mississippi State player possibly on the move. Dak has one less weapon on his team. One fewer weapon, I should say. Less is for non-specific numbers. Fewer is for specific numbers. There's your grammar lesson of the day. And <laughs> I did not know that. That's that's what it is. Yeah, when, when you're talking about a specific number, it's fewer. When it's an ambiguous number, it's it's less. So Dak has one fewer weapon. There in Dallas, and a whole lot more to get to. I know we should lead on this show with the NCAA tournament and what happened last night, but to me, I think we should start here because we learned something last night in baseball a, a revolution, if you will. There's a new position in baseball. <laughs> There's a new position in baseball, and we learned this <laughs> last night during the Ole Miss-Jacksonville State game. Designated Hitler, excuse me, designated hitter <laughs> looking to get aboard. Sorry about that, folks. Yeah. I did not see that coming. <laughs> One more time. Designated Hitler, <sighs> excuse me, designated hitter looking to get aboard. Sorry about that, folks. De- oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> you never want to be the designated Hitler of any group. You never, you never want to be that guy. Who's that? Uh, That's our designated Hitler. Oh, who's gonna play? Uh, Nobody wants that. Who's gonna get behind the plate and play Castro for Mississippi State this weekend? 
quit stalling and tell us. <laughs> oh my gosh! That poor guy designated. said designated Hitler. <laughs> what was he thinking? You know, like when, when I say things, when I say things that I, you know, I make a mistake, right? It means I've got something on the brain. I will give an example on uh, on yesterday's podcast. I said, uh, previewing the NCAA tournament game, I said Mississippi State in Texas. And it's because I had Chris Beard on the brain. He had just been hired when we recorded. So I had him on the brain, right? So that's what I, you know, that's why I said Texas. What was that guy thinking about <laughs> in the course of the broadcast that put Hitler on the brain? He was excited to get to another I chapter questions of about that guy. Comp, I guess. <laughs> I got questions about that guy. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> uh. that poor guy. I mean, I uh, in one way or another, if you've been in broadcasting long enough, you've said something really, really stupid. I mean, you know, Richard's still catching flack for the old Miss isn't hiring Chris Beard thing. Uh, I have said a laundry list of I stupid it, yeah. things myself. I mean, it, we've all been there. I've never accidentally called somebody That's up Hitler. There. <laughs> that one's up there. Kyle State, you know? Okay. I, oh, uh, now you've gone too far. Uh, the, the, like I said, I just want to know what the guy's thinking, because i got questions about him now. He's up there thinking about like World War II in the middle of the baseball game. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, man, I had to start with that. This That guy in his head, don't say Hitler, don't say Hitler. <laughs> and then he said it. <laughs> Oh man, that uh it's like it's like inception. It's like if I tell you not to think about elephants, what are you thinking about? Elephants. Man. What, what is it? Ghostbusters 2? Don't think about anything and then that marshmallow man yeah. pops up. Yeah. No, it's Ghostbusters. That's the first oh, Ghostbusters. That's the first one. Yeah. 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 So, I am the key master. Nobody chose anything. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I I I I, I want to talk to this guy and be like, "The heck were you thinking? <laughs> like, what's going through your brain that Hitter becomes Hitler. <laughs> I've been la- oh every time. Gosh. Every time I think about baseball, I get it. I laugh. Uh, that poor guy. I mean, and he said during the game, "I don't know anything about Jacksonville State's baseball history. I know nothing about it, and I don't know. I don't even know this guy's name. It, he clearly former, is a Jackson- former, or used to be coached by a former MSU Bulldog Jim Case really? for many years. Yeah." Um, he was very clearly a Jacksonville State guy. It's fine. Local broadcast right. got to do that. I, I'm not, that's not a criticism. It's just he very clearly was a Jacksonville State guy, and he said during the game that that was the biggest win in their program's history, beating the number 3 team in the country. I assume Jacksonville State hadn't done something like that very often. Oh, yes. Are we to now believe that the biggest wins in Jacksonville State football and baseball history are over Ole Miss? Well, they've won national championships in football, though, at least one. So that, that, yeah, that overtakes... Still, being uh, an SEC team. You know. Yeah. But instead uh, of that being the story, it's the poor guy said Hitler on the radio. <laughs> Oh man, six here one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Uh, State fans, that was especially for you. Just wanted to brighten your day uh, a, a little bit today. After uh, a, a late night, a rough night uh, last night, he said he was thinking that the designated hitter was hitless. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. 
I'm not yeah, guessing. Hitless hitter. We've combined hitless. You combine hitless and hitter. And... See, there, there it is. That that makes sense now. Poor guy. Oh, that's uh. been there. I've uh, I've been there. Uh, that was on the Ole Miss Jacksonville State game last night. ESPN Plus. That was. It was during the old Miss game yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. But, yes, unfortunately, Mississippi State yeah. fell last night. Um, <laughs> let's start with the big picture, then we'll talk about the game itself. Uh, they lose last night. Uh, overall thoughts, the season comes to an end. Just putting one on a tee for you. I mean, you can't be disappointed overall. You can be disappointed in that game. Right, that is a heartbreaking way to lose that game, but this was a team that nobody had any real expectations for. I think they were pretty, predicted eleventh or twelfth. I could be wrong in the SEC. I, I do know that whatever that prediction was, nobody said that's going to be a tournament team. And they got off to a tremendous start. They went through a really bad lull, and then went in a situation where I think a lot of teams would have given up, and a lot of teams would have just you know played out the string. They 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 found a way to win games. Uh, Despite the fact that offensively that's one of the worst basketball teams I've ever seen. I mean, that they were Rick Ray esque sometimes in their you know execution offensively, but they found a way. And the one thing I liked about this team was that I felt like they were likable. Like yeah. I just felt like like there wasn't a lot of ego on this team. There wasn't a bunch of guys who, you know, I mean, you got you would get frustrated watching Jeffries and Moore and Eric Reed just heave threes and not make them. But you felt bad, like, I think they want to make them. They're not just doing this because of their ego. So a tough way to end the season, but a great season for Mississippi State. You can't, if you're not excited about Mississippi State basketball, then you're just not excitable because that's a program that's going to go in the right direction. They've got the right guy in place to lead. And he just needs to continue to add to what he's got, and uh, I think you know with a a, a portal and uh, you know a, what happens in the portal. You saw what's happening in recruiting. We're you know, getting a guy like Josh Huppert to come on board. I, I feel like that everything's moving in the right direction for Mississippi State basketball. Yeah, it, it's now th- there are some exceptions, right? With like Alabama football fans, they are so pathetically spoiled rotten that if they win 11 games, they deem the season a failure. So that's an exception. But most sports right. fans, if their team just works their tail off and brings it every night, they don't have to be great to be loved. It's incredible, right. the difference. You know, I'll use, I know I shouldn't bring up the NBA, but my Pelicans fanhood, right? Last year, the team was identical to this year's teams in in terms of record and stuff. But last year's team every night brought it, worked their tails off every single night, and I loved watching them play. This team doesn't. Inconsistent effort, um, and because of that, they're frustrating. As long as a team just brings it and plays hard, then fans will fall in love with them. And in this state team, worst three-point shooting team in America, brutal to watch offensively. Fans love them. Not necessarily because they made the tournament, but because they had yeah. they had Mississippi State on their chest, and every night they were they brought it every single night, and they fell in love with that team because I mean, of that. You play the stereotypes if you want, but Mississippi State fans are going to love a blue collar team. They're going to love a team that plays in the dirt. I mean, that's just yeah. that's the identity of Mississippi State, isn't it? So, yeah. it's no surprise that they were that the fan base embraced them the way they did. 
And next year they get to play in a nice, a nicer version of their arena, and uh, we'll we'll take it from there. We'll uh, talk about the game itself when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. If you want to join our Bracket Challenge group, you should, because the prize pack is awesome. If you want the link, we'll send it to you. Just text the show asking for the link to join our Bracket Challenge group. But I'll tell you how to get there anyway. It's ESPN's Bracket Challenge, so just go to ESPN.com. They'll have a big banner that has Bracket Challenge. Just click on that. Our group name is Sports Talk Space MS Space Radio. Sports Talk MS Radio. And when you try to join the group, it's going to ask for a password, and that password is STM Radio. But if you want the link, just text us. We will send it to you. It's also posted on our social media channels. We'll do it again today and uh, another time tomorrow before the game start at uh, just after 10 o'clock tomorrow, I believe. Uh, so, so join that group, and if you win, if you have the best bracket, two polos and a pullover from Genteel will be yours, as well as two, uh, a golf or two at Dancing Rabbit, dinner for two at uh, Philip M's and Mama and M right there at Pearl River Resort, and a two-night stay at Golden Moon or Silver Star Casinos right there at the Pearl River Resort. So uh, text us. We'll send you the link. Sports Talk MS Radio, password STM Radio. That is our bracket group. It closes tomorrow morning because the games will begin, even though they've already Start. already begun. But, you know, that's just kind of how it has yeah. to be. They didn't. They don't give the first four very much respect in the uh, bracket challenge. So we've got it says oh, our group size now is over 180 uh, participants. So very good. Want to get that to three bills at least by the time this starts. So uh, by the way, is this really your uh, your bracket here with this uh, this name on it? Yeah, that's Furman's. Uh, that's Furman's chant. <laughs> okay, I had I didn't know what it was. That's I'm not like, kidding. It's very aggressive. It's very aggressive, Bork. Yeah. Maybe I should change it for right, people that don't know, but yeah, I've it's, got, it's not quite "Let's Go P," but uh, you know, I no, get it. it is, I get um, it now. Yeah, for I've got. I stared at it for about 16. thirty seconds. I stared at it earlier today for about thirty seconds. Like that must be somebody messing with Borky. No, it's got to be because Borky wouldn't make that his practice. Okay, now I get it though. Here's the explainer. It's also on the back of their football helmets, but Furman was. Uh, I, I grew up going to Furman games because they were right down the road and they were cheap, and and that's what we did. Um, Furman University, F F U, right? Furman University, F U. No, I get it. I get it. Their get it chant now. is F U one time, F U two times, F U three times, F U all the time. I am not kidding. I'm cli- I'm, I am one hundred percent clipping this. That will be clipped on tomorrow. What time is it? Three twenty-three. I got it. Yeah. All right. We're good. It's on the. Well, I don't know what you call like the bumper on the back of their helmet. It says "F U" all the time. That is, they've embraced it. What what formerly used to be a a Christian university, it's now just a a, a private college. But yeah, that's that's their chant. And so they're going to make the Sweet all Sixteen. Right. They're going to beat Virginia, 
and then they're going to beat Charleston because Charleston's going to be the 12-5 upset over San Diego State. Is that really going to happen? That's a no. very solid pick. I think a lot of people have taken that one. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So last yeah. night, Mississippi State loses by one. Shaq Moore had a, a three-point shot. Basically, at the buzzer, there was an opportunity for a tip-in. That didn't go either. Mississippi State loses 60-59 to to Pittsburgh. Uh, not, not a great night from State's best player. Honestly, Tolu Smith was kept pretty well in check. Uh, for the most part, yeah. he had 13 points on 5 of 11 shooting. Uh, Davis was the leading scorer for State. He had 15 more. Uh, the aforementioned Moore had 14. Nobody else had double digits for Mississippi State. Getting into that spot to have a final shot was pretty impressive. I think it was a six-point game with like a minute 20 left. They were down mm-hmm. and had a shot at the buzzer to win. It, it, call me crazy. I, I think the flurry of made threes at the beginning of the game kind of hurt Mississippi State because then they started taking early in the shot clock, ill-advised three-point shots. They fell in love with the three because they made a few of them, and that hurt their offense in that game. You just said something that Robbie Falk and I, we talked about on the podcast all season long, that early threes kill State because if they make three early in the first six minutes of the game, you know that the remaining 24 or 20, 34 minutes of the game, they're only going to make like two. But they're going to keep shooting, but they're only going to make like two. That's exactly what happened last night. State was four of their first seven from three, and then they went two of 16 from three. And, you know, to the point where somebody tweeted, this was brutal. Somebody tweets at me like five minutes into the game, like, oh, you may have to eat your words on shooting threes. And I'm just like, now it's over. And immediately after that, with that tweet, the balloon burst. And so you're correct. State gets some early confidence, and then yeah, it just is what it is. After that, I mean, they just can't shoot threes. And I mean, you saw the looks if you watch if you watched Mississippi State last night. And it was your first time. Those were not bad looks. Those were not contested no. shots they were taking. They just can't make. I mean, look at look. We talk about Jans and the coaching job he did. He designed a play on 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 the inbounds with 2.7 seconds left that got his guy a wide open corner three and an opportunity for a tip in to win the game and they just didn't fall. Jans did everything he could do except tip the ball in himself yeah. at that point. Um and then also don't forget that state I mean Tolu Smith goes up and it puts off he's it's going to lay up and lay in and it gets blocked great play by the uh, the backup center there who well, Pitt's centers are just great stories. You've got Federico Federico, who didn't play, and then the other two guys are twins, twin brothers. So I thought that was, I was like, where did, where did they find these guys? Yeah. Um, but Pitt was very much what I, I was told they were going to be, a team that did shot threes, they shot contested threes, and they made contested threes. I, thought, I mean, defensively, you look at the stats for this game, and you think State won this game going away. They held Pitt to under 40% shooting. They held a team that averages 77 a game to 60. They out-rebounded them by 20-plus. I think I just saw a stat on the text line. Somebody said that prior to this game, teams that had done that were 348-0 in NCAA tournament games. So Wow. <laughs> leave it to Mississippi State to be a trendsetter in, in that regard. Yeah, just just State did everything defensively right in this game. But offensively, finally, finally, it came back to bite them. Yeah. And uh, back to the original point, State took four more three-point shots than one of the better three-point shooting teams that they've seen all season long. Uh, you know, th- yeah. that's the, the difference in this game. Uh, State was more physical, more athletic. 
Clearly. I mean, you mentioned the rebounding numbers. That was the only thing that kept them in this game. Was, I mean, they just dominated the glass and, and got boards. But Pittsburgh had the outside shot makers. And, and Mississippi State just didn't have, not last night, all season. It just doesn't have an outside shot maker. That is the biggest priority. And, and you know it is. I'm not telling you anything that, that you guys don't already know. I'm, you know, not reinventing the wheel here. This is why I get paid the big bucks. Chris James's priority this offseason, I think it needs to be portal because you don't know how a high school guy is going to translate. Uh, they need immediate shooting. Even just one pretty good shooter would have changed things for them last night and at multiple points this mm-hmm. season. They wouldn't have been playing last night with a decent outside shooter that was consistent. But Right. One guy. They, they need shot makers. Yeah. Pittsburgh had shot makers yeah. last night. Mississippi State didn't, despite the physical advantage, despite the rebounding advantage, the athletic advantage. The, the, the three-point shot won the game. That, that's it. Pittsburgh won the game 100%. because they made outside I mean, shots. Yeah, and, and that's what Mississippi State's focus in the portal is going to be, is getting some guys who can make three-point shots. You know, We'll talk about Tolu Smith and whether or not he's going to come back for another season, uh, and I'm sure in just a bit, but... You know, assuming yeah, what's that up he with does, that? he tweeted and, uh, something that he tweeted something that made it read, read like he's out, but I don't think that's official yet. And then we'll, we'll, you know, obviously the Bulldog Initiative guys are going to sit down with him and try to craft an NIL deal to keep him around for another season. You know, I don't think because the thing with Tolu is he's not an NBA guy because his, his game is just too limited. He, in today's NBA, you have to be able to shoot. You have to be able to shoot outside, even your big guys. And he he does not do that, so I mean he's I mean twenty years ago he might have been a top five pick, now, you know, I mean it's a question do you want to go play go ahead and start playing in Europe do you want to play in the G League or something like that or do you want to get a, a decent NIL deal and come back for another year of college and just sort of see where you are at the end of that I, I don't know the answer we'll find out we'll find out very soon so there is a chance so, he returns he come, though despite the uh, there is the a chance he returns correct. And if he does, then yeah, you're spending all of your time in the portal trying to find guys who can hit. From... And that's the thing, though. Eric Reed was a 46% three-point shooter a season ago. He was 24% this year. And I understand that there's a difference in competition between the Missouri Valley and the SEC, but open shots are open shots. And you think you'd be able to make those shots. And so, I mean, Reed was a big disappointment this year for Mississippi State. He could be back for another season as well. So you know we'll see where it takes state, but that's going to be their focus in 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 the uh, in the portal because they've got they've got everything else. They've got the physical guys down low. They've got some ball handlers. They need guards who can shoot. We'll talk uh, more hoops when we get back. The tournament continuing tonight. Obviously, you know, really get started on Thursday. Uh, your messages as well. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. We'd love to have you. I've got a stat of the day, also basketball related, coming up. If you have uh, not submitted your bracket yet, I've got some advice for you. Thanks to the stat of the day. Also, when we come back, I'm Borky. He say, Dad. Great to be with you on uh, on this Wednesday, talking hoops and baseball and the designated Hitler. <laughs> when we come back. <laughs> hey. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Oh. 
Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you real quick. We'll get back to the basketball for a second, but I I, I see this and i got to share it. So, you know, we mentioned yesterday where A.J. Brown said, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, doctors don't matter, your body will heal itself. Uh, Jacoby Brissett just signed a deal with the Commanders, which, by the way, probably means that Sam Howell is who they're going to go with. They, they're not going after Lamar Jackson, as previously reported, if they're signing Brissett and already have Howell on roster, breaking the bank for another quarterback doesn't make sense. So, might be Sam Howell's team. Either way, Jacoby Brissett signing a new contract brought up this incredible exchange that he had on Twitter. This was all the way back in 2019, but athletes, man. Jacoby Brissett said, if the sun is hot, how is outer space cold? That's what he said. Josh Dobbs, remember the former Tennessee quarterback who's like an aerospace engineer or something? Or that's what he studied in college, really smart guy. Said, space is a vacuum. There's no air. To which Brissett responded, I've never put my hand inside a vacuum. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't come to play school. That's all I'm saying. My guy thought Josh Dobbs was talking about the thing that you get pet hair up off the ground from. (laughs) He thought he was talking about a vacuum cleaner. talking about a uh, a Hoover. (laughs) Or a Dyson. Yeah. (laughs) I have put my hand inside a vacuum. you you got to get the uh, the thing. You help get the, uh, when they got something clogged in there, you got to pull it out. So, didn't uh, didn't lose the hands. And still both here, all, all ten fingers, still good to go. One miss. Yeah, I mean, Jacoby, come on, man. <laughs> oh, man. We knew pregame message says state can't shoot. Huge factor to me was Pitt's ability to take care of the ball. Winning the turnover battle 6-14 to 14 was impressive. I thought another thing that was, was very key, Mississippi State, even though they have not been a team that makes a ton of free throws at a high percentage, right, they take a lot of free throws. And normally in a game, they get 15 to 20 Free throws. So even if you think about it, you know, they were only five of seven from the line last night. Great percentage, but didn't get those opportunities in the line. If they had been 11 of 20, which is a terrible percentage, but if they were 11 of 20, they win the game. So their inability to get the ball and, and, and get fouled and get free throws, I mean, that, that's been part of their game all year. You know, that's why. I've loved State's game plans. They just haven't executed them. They get easy shots and they get fouled. That's a formula to win nine times out of ten. Last night they could not get fouled or couldn't get enough uh, enough fouls to get them into the free throws. You've seen them in person. Um, not just shooting, I think, is a, a portal priority. I think they need a true like ball handler. There are times where State's offense got bogged down yeah. because they, they didn't have like a true point guard that, that can handle the basketball reliably and distribute the ball reliably. I think they thought, you know, Deshaun Davis was supposed to be that guy. You know, he led the Pac-12 in assists last year, but this year just, I mean, he, not to say that he played poorly at all, all season long. He played, he had really good at times. He was really good last night, but State has lacked a true point guard since Lamar Peters left. I mean, it's been a long time. You know, they went with Nick Weatherspoon for a couple of years, not a true point guard at all. They went with DJ Stewart and Iverson Molinar, just not true point guard. State has not recruited a true, you know, ball handling, pass first point guard in quite some time. 
We got basketball tonight, by the way. Um, Fairleigh Dickinson in Texas Southern. Without looking it up, where's Fairleigh Dickinson? I'm pretty sure it's in New York. New Jersey, close. That's close, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people claim they live in New York and uh, actually live in New, Jersey, live in New Jersey, like the Jets and yeah. the Giants. You know, That's a good good example. Yeah. Good example. They're across the The river. games last night were both great, by the great way. Great basketball games. I mean, if this is what we're going to get... I mean, right now, State-Pitt could be the game of the tournament. I mean, it's going to take a doing to get a better game than that. 21 lead changes, a last-second shot, and then a last-second miss... Come on. Yeah, mostly changes since 2018 in a tournament game. Think about yeah. that. Uh, yeah, of yeah. all the great games we've had over the years, that was the most since 2018 in terms of lead changes. Great game. If that game had been played on Thursday, um, people would have been going absolutely nuts. Yeah. Texas Southern, by the way, is a three-point favorite despite being six games below 500. They are the kings of the first four. They have been in it, I think, five times and have advanced every time, something like that. Crazy. Yeah, they, they know how to win this game. Nevada, the problem is then they go play Alabama or something. Oh, yeah. I take it back. Uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, who won last night, is playing Alabama. Uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, by the way, the campus is an island. Yeah. The only thing on the They're island the is Islanders. the campus. Yeah. They're the Islanders. That's their name. Nevada, Arizona State, the other game tonight. Arizona State, a two-point favorite. So that's your tournament basketball. If you are filling out your bracket, here's your stat of the day. In the 64 plus 4, so the 64 to 68 team era, there have been 36 teams to enter the tournament as a 1 or a 2 seed that were not ranked in the preseason poll. They have combined for zero Final Four appearances and they average fewer than two wins per tournament. We have two this year. It's Purdue and Marquette. So Purdue and Marquette are teams that were not ranked in the preseason AP poll that are a one or a two seed. Here's how the one seeds have fared. Purdue this year is a one seed. 2022 Arizona made the Sweet 16. 2018 Virginia got eliminated in the first round. 2016 Oregon made it to the Elite Eight. It's not a bad run, but still. Michigan State in 2012, Sweet 16, and I'll just run through the rest quickly. Sweet 16, second round, Sweet 16, Elite 8, Sweet 16, Elite 8, second round, second round. The one seeds average 1.8 wins starting the season previously unranked, and the two seeds average only one and a half wins. So if history's going to tell you something, Marquette and Purdue should not be in your Final Four. It has never happened before. Ever. Well, it's going to need to happen this time. You got Purdue and or Marquette in your Final Four? I have Marquette in my Final Four, yeah. They've played great all year. Incredibly, Mississippi State beat them as well. That feels like, you know, there's a lot of wins that get you over the hump, but that one in particular is a... Was huge all season long, yeah. I had Alabama like you. Uh, I had Kansas winning the entire thing. I had Duke making it. Uh, loved the run that they made in the uh, ACC championship in Houston. Uh, I mean, look, yeah. uh, upsets are great, and they happen in the first couple of rounds, but 
these tournaments are awfully chalky. Always go chalk with your Final Four. Don't don't ever pick us. I mean, you really shouldn't even pick a five or a six seed. No. You know, once you get past like the top three, now you're, you're pushing it. If I remember correctly, you can cut every NCAA tournament field in half and never eliminate a champion. I think you could also never eliminate a runner-up. And you would eliminate like four Final Four appearances all time. Something like mm. that. It's I mean, very... These Cinderella's don't make deep runs. They win a couple of games and everybody loves them and then they run into teams with NBA players and they get beat. I mean, that's that's how this usually goes. Um, Alabama's got... Uh, they're protected, by the way. Brandon Miller uh, went to shoot-around today, walked into the arena with uh, armed guards today. And then I saw somebody say that they've seen him around the hotel with no guards. It was done totally for show. Oh, but Nate Oates was asked about it no, and, and said it. No. Yeah, going to make me mad. Going to be angry. Yeah, Nate Oates... Uh, claimed that he, he's got armed guards because of the the threats that he has received online. But again, if that was the case, why would it? Why wouldn't it be at the very publicized team hotel as well? Why would it just be at shoot around? Forgive right. the pun. I mean, that's what they call it. I mean, I mean, what would. Alabama has given us a case study in how not to handle things. You know, in this situation. Yeah. I mean, again, if, if they were doing that at the team hotel as well, then maybe I would, it, it would be like, okay, well, maybe some of these are actually serious. But when it's only where the cameras are, what are you doing? Well, anyway. Anyway, it is what it is. That's your one seed. Go sports. I just, I, you know, just, I just expect the worst at this point. And I'm I'm usually uh, I'm usually not disappointed. One message here: If you don't finish 500 or better in your conference, you should not be in the big tournament. Vanderbilt was done wrong. But here's my counter to that: Always, Vanderbilt lost to Grambling. They lost to Grambling. They did themselves wrong. You only have yourself to blame when you lose games. Don't lose to Grambling. Don't lose to Southern Miss. With all due respect to the Golden Eagles, that was a huge arc. every game. Every game is the same. Every game counts. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. Join us, don't you? Or won't you? I'm Borky. He say that. We'll be back. Sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael working Brian Haydad with you. That texter replied, by the way, and said they also beat Mississippi State. That Vanderbilt did. They, they did, but in, in a sport like basketball, just if you Irrelevant. allow everything to be chalked up to, to one game head-to-head, it's an entire body of work. And every game counts, regardless of when it was played. And, and Mississippi State doesn't have a grambling loss on their schedule. 
uh, look, I, when it comes to playoffs and seeding, the college football playoff is the only one where you have a real argument. 68 teams make the basketball tournament. 64 teams make the baseball tournament. They're looking at the whole resume. And, and bad losses, good wins, whatever you want to look at. State didn't have any bad losses. State had some good wins. Vanderbilt had bad losses. And that's just, that's just the fact of the matter. Somebody asks, the, uh, the lowest championship winning seed to win the NCAA tournament was, I believe, if I'm looking at this correctly, 1994 and 1997, Tennessee? All right, North Carolina in 94, Tennessee in 97, and they were three seeds. The lowest seed to make? That's women's. This is Gotta women's. Be. Tennessee's never won a men's national title. That is women's. I'm looking at the wrong link. Okay. Yeah, I think North Carolina State, oh, they were a six seed in 83. And I think Villanova may have been an eight seed in 85. Villanova, 85, was an eight seed. NC State, 83? Five, yes. Um, Six. Five teams seeded in double digits have made it to the championship. Mm -hmm. LSU in 86, they were in 11. George Mason in 2006. VCU in 2011 and Loyola Chicago in 18. Yeah, uh, those are final four State teams. Was a, those are the lowest seeds to make the final four, not the championship. State was a five in uh, '96 when they made it. So it just it just doesn't happen. Long story short. Yeah. What was George Mason? What did you say they were? They were a 10 seed, weren't they? George Mason, uh, they were a number 11 seed. 11 seed, okay. Syracuse got there in 2016 as a 10. That doesn't feel like a Cinderella, though, considering... When, when there's a big-time program that has a bad season, but they still get in, I don't. that's not Cinderella. Doesn't uh, feel like that. Some, Hayward from Starkville says, Chris Jans has soft hands like Richard. Because of his final play call. Here's the thing about that. I saw people criticizing the three-point shot. Man, you you can't get a better look than you. Uh, how got a great possibly, look? You know, maybe he takes a couple dribbles and shoots a midi off the uh, the glass or something. Uh, you know, that's probably a, a more efficient shot. But that shot, yeah, two point seven. With I don't know that he back, had time to do that. Maybe though. not. Yeah. And then you also had a good look with a putback and didn't make it. Those yeah. are as as good of looks as you could possibly draw up in that situation. I mean, yeah. completely uncontested, totally wide-open three, and your best player with an offensive rebound, and neither of them go in. And that, that's, not, that's not soft hands. That's just, that's just yeah. sports, man. I just, yeah, I don't have an issue with, it, with that. I just don't. Would I like to maybe like drawn the play up where like instead of going all the way out to the corner, he's, he's a little, you get like a baseline jumper? Maybe, but in the heat of the moment, I will always take a wide open look to uh to get there. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. By the way, we appreciate you being a part of the show. Eric Sorensen coming your way next. We'll talk some baseball with him, and then we'll talk baseball ourselves. Ole Miss lost last night. Southern Miss won. 
comfortably. Good win for them. Haven't mentioned yet the basketball team, by the way. 28-point loss to, to UAB last night. Did, uh, an, an unceremonious... That's a tough way for a great season to end. Yeah. yeah. Un- unfortunately, Hate unceremonious that. way to end an otherwise uh, good season. But yeah, Scott Berry's bunch got back on... I say back on track. They won the series last weekend. They continue on a good track uh, with a, a dominating midweek win last night on the road. And, uh, and they're off uh, to Texas State. Mississippi State got a comfortable win last night. We'll talk about all that as well coming up in the next hour. Got a bunch of NFL storylines to get to as well. College football fix coming your way. Busy, busy afternoon. Glad you guys are with us. But Eric Sorensen will join us when we come back. to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. We're going to put the hoops aside for a little while. Talk to our good friend Eric Sorensen. Stitch underscore head on Twitter. Talk a little baseball. And Eric, it's uh, it's great to hear from you. Appreciate your time. Yeah, man. No problem. Uh, let's start uh, with this, actually. So uh, there was a lot of, I don't know if complaints are the right word, but uh, Ole Miss fans in particular wondering why they played in a football stadium with weird dimensions <laughs> and, and all that. You were there. What was that like in person? I'm one of those people that I, I like the novelty stuff or – or trying sure. unique things, and also I didn't go or I didn't play though, so it's easy for me to say. From your perspective, what was that like? <laughs> well, it's great. First off, I, I am a little biased because I've been up there for the what they call the Cambria Classic. Now it used to be the Dairy Queen Classic. Um, I've been up there four times now to to see that tournament up there. Um, and to me, it, yeah, it's a little it's a little weird because the dimensions are strange. Right field. Is only two, I think it's two ninety five, but they have like a thirty foot wall there, uh, a baggie like the old Metrodome used to have. Uh, they have that 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 counts as as a, as a home run if you hit it over that. So other than that, though, it's a regular baseball field. I mean, the left field line is three thirty, I believe, and center field has uh, I think it's three ninety five, something like that. Everything else is pretty much the same. Of course, you're playing on turf, uh, it, it, that artificial turf, the, the field turf stuff that plays a lot like grass. So it, to me, it's just a great environment, and they've always gotten good teams up there. And when I saw that they were going to have a big, a big 10 versus SEC this year, I was like, I was all in. Of course, I know Missouri didn't end up making They ended up backing out, and they got Hawaii to play there instead. But it's a great tournament, and you always see great teams, and it's really neat to see – it was really neat to see the defending national champions play in that 
kind of a weird environment up north uh, where it's 25 degrees outside and 68 degrees inside. To me, it's just a win-win. And, and, um, and again, great competition up there. And, and the field does have a little bit of weird dimensions, but it's mostly regular, uh, regular dimensions like regular baseball field stands would have. So, uh, putting that aside, uh, another big picture thing happened in college baseball this week. I uh, would love your take on it. The SEC deciding with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma yeah. that uh, they're doing away with the current model, no more divisions, and two permanent opponents. And that sounds good if you think about it deeper, though maybe not so much, because the, the possibility of losing rivalries kind of stinks, doesn't it? Is oh, that how yeah. you view it? Yeah, I mean, you know, Mike, the, the thing, uh, you know, rivalries and the the history and tradition of them, that all went out the window 10, 12 years ago when all the conference hopping started. I mean, when Texas and Texas A&M no longer are playing football against each other, yeah, that's just a shame. You know, I'm, and I grew up in Omaha, and I was always big on Nebraska and Oklahoma, and, you know, that went out the window a long time ago. So these things are going to happen, and conferences are just getting too big. That's just Part and parcel of that is that you're going to lose these rivalries. You're going to lose these games uh, that you're used to seeing every year. And I just, to me, it's really, it's really pathetic. I really can't stand it um, because I'm a traditionalist, and and uh, I, you know, I'm I might, it, it, you know, it might be one of those you kids get off my yard type of thing. But I'm a traditionalist. I love to see, you know, I, I don't suppose Ole Miss and Mississippi State's going to go anywhere. But you know who knows LSU LSU will miss. You know you, you're just you might lose some of these games that you're used to seeing. And to me, it's it's controversial, yeah. But I, I just think tradition has just been that's one of the things that has been jettisoned in our sport, or uh, in in college sports in general. When you get these super conferences, uh, and to me, it's it just looks like it's only going to get worse. You know. Eric, we're rolling into conference play here in, the, in SEC country. When you look around yep. the nation, for good or for bad, who's been the most surprising team in college baseball to you? Oh, just in general. I, to me, uh, you, you have to go up to the Northeast and look at Boston College, uh, who I think is like 12-2 and two right now, having beaten Tennessee and took two of three from Virginia Tech in their opening week in ACC play. Uh to me, it's it's got to be BC. They've they've played all their games on the road, obviously, and they're still going to play some more on the road before they'll get some home games in. And if not them, the other team, the team that's probably the most surprising would be Northeastern, which is right there in Boston as well, because they're ranked. And not that the not that the uh, RPI means anything right now, but both of those teams are in the top five of the RPI. Northeastern is uh, actually they're ten and three. But yeah, there's there's been a lot of surprises, I think. But but that would that'd be the ones that jump out at me is that Boston kind of these teams from the north that have just done really well um, so far in, in college baseball has probably been the biggest surprise to me. Bring that a little closer to home. Six of the top seven in the D1 baseball poll are from the SEC. There's obviously yeah. going to be some separation in there in the coming weeks. But is yeah. there one team that stands out to you more than any other as the you know as the contender, and is there one that stands out more as the pretender in that group? Oh, you can always count Kentucky as a pretender. I think we can all agree with that. They always get off to a good start, and they end up being a very average team. We'll see if that uh, if that holds true again this year. Actually, yeah, that's right. They're going to be playing Mississippi State this coming weekend. Um, yeah. But as far as yeah, as far as contenders, I mean, obviously you got to look at LSU being uh, was it sixteen and one now. I yeah, they're they're living up to the hype so far. But I temper that with the fact that Boyd Nation's ISR ranking has their 
strength of schedule at number 239 so far. Uh, so yeah, they're putting up football scores and, and, uh, and so yeah, you have to, you have to say right now, uh, they seem to be, uh, you know, the the best contender and the, and the top team, but yeah, a lot's going to happen between now and, and the end of May and, and how that shakes out. But it's the, the way that the SEC in general has played in this, in this non-conference. Again, I'm tempering it because hardly anybody's played a, a good schedule, but you have to look at their one loss records. And, and at least as far as that goes, yeah, they're going to have a lot of teams at the top of the rankings and top of the RPI. Uh, and that's just going to be a dogfight in both the East and West divisions this year. Um, so you have to like, you have to like where most of these SEC teams are right now. I mean, you look at it, the worst record right now is probably Mississippi State at 12 and five. It looks like, yeah. So that's pretty good when you're 12 and five and you're the, you're the, so far the, the, the worst one loss record of, of all the 14 teams. Eric Sorensen joining us right now on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Eric, we talk to all three of the D1 coaches in this state every Monday, and we asked him about walks last week because each team has an increase in walks. Is it bad pitching or is it something else? And they all said that it's something else. The tracking of the umpires has tightened the zones, uh, and they say that's the issue more than the pitch clock. See, my, my thought was... Ah, uh, the pitch clock. Oh. These guys are rushed a little bit. They're laboring. They've just got to throw the ball fast, and they're not locating. No, they attributed it to the fact that umpires are squeezing them because they're calling a zone that is being tracked now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, crazy, right? I think it's interesting that you say, and, and my, my knee-jerk reaction was going to be, oh, well, yeah, it's probably, it probably has to do with the pitch clock. So I'm a little surprised that the coaches didn't say that. Here's one thing I'll say, Mike, that, that's, that, that a little intel that I've gotten um, – from there's a there's a guy I know that's the head of the, the evaluator of umpires out in the Pac-12. I see him at games out here all the time, and he tells me that the, the umpires out west, I'm sorry, the umpires in the in the in the southeast and back east. He says a lot of them have been criticized over the years for for having for not having a you know a tight strike uh, strike zone and stuff like that. And he says that the umpires out west have, have, are kind of notorious for it for having it a little bit tighter. So I think maybe, you know, maybe there was some kind of memo passed down. (laughs) That's the best guess I can say is that there has been talk in the past from the guy I know that they have, you know, criticized some of the umpires in that section of the country for not having tightened up the tight strike zones a little bit. So that's the best I can probably tell you. And I guess the assumption is when league play comes around, it's going to increase offense, right? Is this... uh, you're a traditionalist. Yeah. I love you're on this day in baseball stuff. Do you like that this is what it is now? You're going to have tighter zones. You've got faster games. You might see an increase in offense as a result. Yeah, I, I kind of don't in a way because I've always thought that, and this is just my personal opinion, the high strike doesn't get called enough or never has really been get called enough. It seems like the strike zone is you know from the knees down to the ankles practically and I've always thought that the high strike shouldn't be called. So I'm not sure if I'm a big fan necessarily of the tightening up of the strike zone. Um, but you're right. I think what it, what it is going to do is, is, is as if LSU's bats aren't good enough, you know, it's going to increase their bat, their run totals, which it has already this year. You can see that. And everybody across the board for the most part, I mean, I, I mean, uh, sorry, Old Miss has, uh, almost their entire lineup hitting above 300. So, yeah, it, it's going to make for a lot more offense, and, and uh, I think that's what's going to happen. Of course, it's also going to make for longer games. And when we get into May and June, when it starts getting really hot, that's going to be really kind of miserable for some fans to withstand, I would imagine. But they'll show up nonetheless. Eric, you're the best, man. We appreciate your time. We'll talk to you again soon. 
Oh, sure, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. That's Eric Sorensen, D1Baseball.com, joining us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Yeah, it, walks are up, runs are up. Game times are down, though. But maybe that'll change. Home runs way up. Home runs, way yeah, up. they are. Almost back to the old bats. In some ways, yeah. In some ways, it does feel that way. We had 40-run college baseball games back in the day when those guys were hitting tin cans, basically. I mean, the the, the 1998 National Championship game, the final score was 21-14. to 14. That's The college, just, so you, just for reference... The college football, the college football national championship game. I'm oh, sorry, I said the college, college baseball national championship game was 21-14. The college football was 24-14. Unbelievable. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. Let's talk baseball. Mississippi State in Biloxi last night. little cool. Attendance 5,600, though. Almost 5,700 people on a cold Tuesday night down there on the coast. 12-4 to the final score. So that's good. They continue momentum. Here's the question, though. Is Mississippi State getting hot? Or did the competition get bad? There's your question of the day. All right. Well, first and foremost, I mean, you got to think back to last season, right? They lost to bad competition in these games. You know, they didn't have a six-game winning streak at any point last year. So it's good to see that from that perspective. And they're hitting. Uh, the fielding has been a little bit cleaner. Pitching wise, last night they had a couple of guys who do, did really, really, really well in relief, and then Lofton. Lofton is such an interesting case study as a freshman right now. Great stuff, and he throws four innings, only a couple hits, couple runs, um, strikes out six, but he walked six. Last week he struck out six and walked six, so he has this nasty habit of walking people and then striking the next guy out. He's not given up a lot of runs. And those walks really aren't biting him yet, but he's got to get that under control. But from a hitting perspective, Hunter Hines is really starting to heat up for Mississippi State. Kellum Clark is starting to hit a little bit better. Uh, the top of the order with Larry and Ledbetter is very solid. Bryce Chance, very solid. So they're playing well right now. Uh, but that being said, yeah, I mean, I don't know what Lipscomb's going to eventually be, but they're not a great team right now. Obviously, uh, you know, Nichols is not a great team. Tonight should be a better test. Louisiana... It's not the same Louisiana program that was kind of the top one of the top dogs in college baseball there for the in the um, a decade ago, but they are a very good. They're still a very good mid-major program. They'll be a contender in the Sun Belt this year. So if you can get a win tonight, you'll feel pretty good. And then you go to start conference play with with Kentucky. You know how many conference, how many series did State win last year? I think three, maybe total out of out of ten, maybe only two, if I if I can remember correctly. 
If they can go up to Kentucky on the road and get a win, that would be a great step forward for the Bulldogs. One message, Mikey Madison says, heating up. Lamonis is figuring out his offensive lineup and pitching is getting dialed in. Help me out with something, though. Um, Casey Hunt pitched last night. What's up there? He did, and Pete... So he pitched on Sunday as well, and that makes three scoreless innings of relief. He's he is just, in my opinion, he is just better suited to being a reliever. State had a guy a few years back, and I'm not trying to compare these two guys because Jacob Lindgren was an outstanding reliever, an All-American who became a first-round pick. Lindgren had a, a he just had a mental bugaboo about starting to the point where, and I'll never forget this. There was a, a game that was, uh, it ended due to a rain delay. So it ended like in the, the, the fourth inning. So technically the game is going on when they resumed it the next day, right? Right. They, they gave Lingren the start. Now technically he's in relief, but he starts the game. He couldn't get a ball over the plate. Couldn't do it. But anytime you brought him in relief, all he did was strike guys out and 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 get you saves and wins. And I think Hunt is kind of similar. I think Hunt just does better out of the bullpen. So I would expect to see him in that role the rest of the year, not as a closer by any stretch of the imagination, but a guy who can come in and give you two innings, three innings of long relief. Interesting. I mean, you know, maybe they found something. Maybe they found something. But a good win last night. A dominating win last night for uh, for Mississippi State. They keep on rolling. Uh, Eric needs to be right, you said, during the break. Uh, hopefully Kentucky, there's a bit of fool's gold there and State so can keep this momentum going. That Lucky they didn't get Florida also, or somebody like that to start conference play. You know, get a little momentum. He is also uh, right in that Kentucky, year in, year out, gets off to a hot start and then finds a way to fall apart. And so, you know, my guess is if it happens this year, That'll be the end for Nick Mangione up at uh, at Kentucky because they just haven't won enough uh, since he's been there. Get one message that Catcher State has is a good all around player. Mm-hmm. He's so, looked I mean, good so far. Yeah, he had a I rough mean, night last. He had a rough had, night. Had a tough night last night, but yeah, I mean, he had a huge weekend. Had three home runs in one game. Uh, was hitting over four hundred coming into last night. He's done enough to to become an everyday part of the lineup. And then, you know, sort of try to figure out what they're going to do. Hancock and Hines are kind of platooning first base, DH, however you want to work that. But Ross Highfield has certainly played at a very high level uh, as, a, as a true freshman here these first few weeks. So what do you do there? Because you, you couldn't continue defensively behind the plate the way you were. You, you just couldn't. Right. There, there's no way. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's it's out of line to say that expecting Highfield to be like a consistent bat in SEC play as a true freshman. Maybe he becomes that. I mean, that would be awesome if he becomes mm-hmm. that. But we've seen yeah. we've 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 seen before that even uber talented freshmen like this one is mm-hmm. don't expect him to hit 400 in SEC play. You know what I mean? No, but so, he doesn't so, have to either. I mean, he can hit, if he hits 280 with some pop, yeah, everybody's happy. But what so, are they going to you know, do with this gotta, platooning you temper thing? Those I guess is what I'm asking. Is is, is is there's a chance, or is there a chance that he he kind of lose that spot because you need to to have a lineup with a bunch of bats? I mean, what what do you do here? No, because because they've got they've got it figured out. I mean, Dakota Jordan is the guy who's the odd man out right now, and as much as I love his potential, he's just not hitting right now. 
and so you can't have that in the lineup. So they've put Bryce Chance in left, Kellum Clark into right, Hines and Hancock are kind of platooning first base DH, and Highfield's been behind the plate. And I just expect it to go that way until somebody stops hitting, and then they might have to make a move. But right now I think Dakota Jordan is kind of the odd man out. He's going to get his opportunities for sure because he's just too talented. You want to see him continue to develop, but right now he can't he, he can't be in the starting lineup right now. He just can't because he's not seeing the ball well. He's not hitting the breaking ball, and teams know they can just you know almost pitch around him. Yeah. Also in uh, Mississippi College baseball last night, Ole Miss lost to Jacksonville State, and it, you know teams lose midweek games sometimes. It it, it happens. It, you know it it happens. But it's a, a bit of a broken record uh, right now with this team. They they don't have the pitching options uh, that you are are comfortable with. Uh, J T Quinn didn't go last night. Maybe he's not going to have an expanded re- weekend role. I don't know. But Vera comes in, gave up six runs in, in just a, a couple of. Innings of work, and that's the issue with this team right now. I mean, they got beat last night not because of offense. They scored six runs, and and while that's not some crazy offensive output, that should be enough to win some games for you until they figure out who it's going to be. And maybe, I mean, who knows? Maybe they don't have that at all. We will find out. The offense is going to have to carry this team most nights because they don't have the proven arms that can get outs even in games like this. I mean, you like what you saw on Sunday this past weekend. Uh, That was really good stuff there. You know that Doherty can give you quality innings, but you're not expecting to get Hunter Elliott back for another month, and who knows what he's going to be like when you get him back. And he's not going to solve all the problems. Ole Miss has a bullpen issue right now. It's clear as day, and, and last night was a an example of that. Again, it's one midweek game. Their non-conference record is great. It's not going to hurt them at all losing this one game, but it does show you what the glaring 9,000-pound elephant in the room is with this team. They don't have reliable arms. They don't right now, and that's going to kill them until they figure it out. And that's kind of where Mississippi State was. And I'm not trying to compare, you know, because I don't think Ole Miss is going to finish last in the SEC. But, you know, state injuries and just unable to find reliable arms all season long. The problem for state was the offense didn't carry them enough for the most part. So we'll see what happens. You know, you hate to lose that midweek game going into, I mean, a really tough weekend series with Vanderbilt. You know that's that's going to be a tough series. You know, you'll be doing well if you win that series. You'll be doing you know really well to win that series. And if you just get one game, you just get one game. But a two and two week is not what you would really want. So tough loss for Ole Miss last night for sure. It's a huge weekend. We're going to learn a lot about uh, about this team offensively. You know, that's the thing. It's there's always a natural drop off in conference play as Bianco told us on Monday, and and the expectation should be that. Having four guys hitting 400 is not going to last through conference play, but it's a bunch of guys that have done it already. I mean, I mean, you know that they can produce at the highest level because it's a lot of the same guys that have already done it consistently for you uh, last year in that championship run. But we're going to find out what this team's made of. We're going to find out if they can pitch it enough to win some of these games and when you run into an arm that's really, really good and shuts your really good offense 
down for a night, can you win those games anyway? We're going to find out a lot about this team uh, this weekend for sure. Huge test, and so far the week didn't get off to the best start. So we uh, we shall see. 601-879-4395 is the text line. 601-879-4395. Big news today. We'll talk about that when we come back. Junction in the Grove and to the top. Start yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you talked in the first hour. States lost in the NCAA tournament last night. Talked to Eric Sorensen. Talked a little baseball as well. If you missed any of that, we've got a podcast. Commercial free also. So wherever you get your podcast. No ads. No ads. Pull out your C-Swire phone. Pull out your favorite podcast app. I would recommend Spotify myself, but if you've got a phone... You've got a podcast app on there. Search Sports Talk Mississippi and hit that subscribe button and never miss a minute. Again, I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. We're glad you're with us on this Wednesday afternoon. So the news of the day in the sports world is Aaron Rodgers, even though the, the trade hasn't happened yet, because it has to be a trade, by the way. So this Aaron Rodgers picking his destination thing is kind of funny considering he can't pick his destination. The Packers will pick his destination, but Aaron Rodgers gets to pick his destination. It's just semantics. Either way, he went on Pat McAfee's show today and said that his intention, because the trade hadn't happened yet, is to play for the Jets this fall. And he went into his darkness retreat, by the way, he claimed, which I don't believe this, by the way. He's an attention seeker, as if we haven't learned that already that he was 90% leaning towards retiring and then three days in a completely dark room where he got fed one meal a day at exactly 6 o'clock. That's how he kept up with time. Um, He came out wanting to play football again. So went in, 90% of retiring, came out, I'm going to play for the Jets. Makes perfect sense to me, and I'll tell you why. If, If you were to go into a place of darkness and solitude for that long... The Jets would seem like your best your best option. Like True. I've grown accustomed to darkness and solitude. Let me go play for the Jets. <laughs> you know, if you go to a place where it's fun and all that, you're like, hey, I might want to play for the Saints. You know, so so he's gone. Good luck, Rogers to the Jets. They already got Lazard. They're they're going to make the deal at some point. What, what's fascinating about this is, even though it's going to be a trade, both sides have pretty incredible leverage uh, when you think about it. Um, the, the Packers are trying to offload Aaron Rodgers. They, they want him gone. They want to move on to Jordan Love. And the, the Jets know that, but the Packers know that everybody in the Jets organization is already like buying merchandise and stuff and like season tickets and everything because Rodgers is coming. So they both have leverage, and both of them are desperate to get this thing done so it's a yeah. weird negotiating deal where it's like, I control you, but also you control me, so the price is going to be much lower than you would expect for a quarterback of his caliber because they're just 
rock and a hard place, just button heads and butting heads, and they'll get it done, but it's not going to be like four first-rounders and three players. It's going to be yeah. like a third-rounder. And the Packers kind of know that if they, they can't make a deal with the Jets, that Rodgers will just retire and they'll get nothing anyway. So they they are kind of motivated to look whatever we can get out of this, whatever last squeeze of the orange we can get from him, we we got to take it. But otherwise, they'll just say, "Well, and then I'm going to walk away, and then we've got nothing." So a couple of thirds better than nothing. Yeah. What was he smoking while in said dark room? I watched the interview today. He claims that it was it was completely sober, but by day three, because you're deprived of. Any light, which, by the way, there was a light switch in his room that he controlled, but he swears it was complete and total darkness the entire time. He said he started hallucinating. Yeah, I've never restarted a game of uh, Madden either. I just want to let you know. Yeah, never done it. Me either. Yeah, never. Um, but yeah, he, he claimed he was hallucinating, like that show, The Queen's Gambit, where she, like she would see like chess moves and stuff like up yeah. in the sky. Yeah, that's that's what he compared it to. Um, well, good for him. Just a, a weird, weird guy. But yeah, apparently no ayahuasca. Rogers merely adopted Genius. the darkness. Wilson was born in it. <laughs> he was molded by it. He didn't see the light until he was already a man. By then, it was nothing to him but blinding. Packers are apparently looking for, according to the text line, a first and a conditional second. I wouldn't give it to him because well, you don't have to. Well. Will Belichick tell him the shadows betray you because they belong to me? That's what I want to know. You know what's uh, what this does though. So there's been a mass exodus of quarterbacks in the NFC. This is the quarterback roster in the NFC. It's bad. I mean, it's bad. It's not great. Arizona Kyler Murray. L.A. Matt Stafford coming off of shoulder surgery. Geno Smith in Seattle. Had a good year last year. Brock Purdy and, or, or Trey Lance in San Francisco? That'd be Trey Lance, I think, yeah. yeah um, who knows in Atlanta? Former North Dakota State quarterback, Trey yeah. Lance. I mean, I guess Taylor Heineke or... Um, oh, oh, what's his name from Cincinnati? Uh, his name's escaping me. Help me out. Desmond Ritter? Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, a rookie... Mm-hmm. With the Panthers or Andy Dalton. Right. Derek Carr, the greatest quarterback in the world in New Orleans. Either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields in Chicago. Jordan Love Good. in Green Bay. Don't know yet. Jared Goff in Detroit. Hmm. Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. You like that? Sam Howell in Washington, Danny Dimes mm-hmm. in New York, Dak Prescott in yeah. Dallas, and Jalen Hurts in Philly. That is your quarterback lineup in the NFC. Gross. I mean, is Carr in the top five? Yes. He's in the top five, right? I would say the top five is, I'm trying to think. Hurts, I mean, I'm not, no order here. I don't want to try to rank these, but Hurts... Prescott, Murray, Stafford, and Carr. I mean, is that right? Cousins Maybe should be it's a homer in. I pick. I, I don't know if right now I would want Kyler Murray on my team over Derek Carr. 
I, I think he clearly demonstrated. Well, a I mean, just from a inability. talent standpoint, yeah. though, I'm gonna I'm gonna take. I would, you know, Kyler Murray would be the guy there, but still, I would not have given that dude 160 million dollars. That's for sure. When yeah. I mean, he's arguing play calls with his coach on the sidelines. When I mean, it just clearly demonstrated a complete lack of ability to be a leader of a multi-billion-dollar franchise. But. Um, mm-hmm. Point being, I mean, comparing that to the a, the uh, AFC, it's dramatically different. I mean, the AFC East alone is Josh Allen and now Aaron Rodgers and then Mac Jones and Tua. Uh, we'll see what happens with Lamar Jackson, but as of this moment, he'll be a Raven. Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett, and Deshaun Watson in another division in the North. You've got Trevor Lawrence. Uh, we'll see what Indy does. I mean, maybe they bring back Matt Ryan. Sounds like they're going to draft one. Uh, Houston in the same boat. They're going to be drafting one. Not a great division. But then Mahomes and now Jimmy G and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's a and different... Herbert. And Justin Herbert, it is a different deal in the yeah. AFC. Dramatically different in terms AFC, of the quarterback roster. The AFC has real real elite quarterback talent. And in the in the NFC, you have teams that you know good quarterbacks, but there's not. I mean, if you were going to have a draft of quarterbacks, the NFC would probably be six or seven. You'd be six or seven, maybe eight pick, yeah. picks deep before an NFC quarterback went. So that news dropped today. Rodgers is going to be a Jet. Baker Mayfield, by the way, going to be a Buck. That will be a competition there for sure. Darius Slay has been released from from the Eagles. The Eagles roster was going to look dramatically different. They had way too many free agents, way too many guys up on uh mega contracts that they would have gotten. That roster had to be blown up. There was just there was too much of that. Team was going to look different and and Slay's a part of that obviously. Yeah. Yeah, but he's still a guy who's uh who's talented, still young enough that to get another maybe Maybe not as big a deal as he got the first time there with the Eagles, but or with the Lions, I guess. But can could get a another good quality deal with some guaranteed money uh, for a team. We'll see where he ends up. Apparently, as we speak, Matt Ryan was released. So I mean, they were going to draft a quarterback anyway. But I mean that that, that tells you from the six six two. The NFC list just convinced me the Saints could be a top three seed. I mean, this, this is what we're talking about. People were like getting on us about the Saints. The NFC is not good, top to bottom. It's just not that good. No. It's winnable. And the Packers the South are on is their especially schedule winnable. this year. In Green yeah. Bay. So instead it, of Rodgers in Green Bay, it's Jordan Love, who's never taken a meaningful snap in the league. Got a chance. Got a chance. Somebody says, I heard Philip Rivers talking about coming back. Is that true? Apparently he has inquired about what his market would be, I can't imagine it would be a very good one. No, it's it's been out of the game and he's old. Uh, no. Yeah, but he's got like fifteen kids. Well, that's why he needs to come back. He should have milked that salary for all his exactly. worth. I think the answer is actually nine. By the way, I don't. I think it's. I think it doesn't it's matter. Nine. It's too many. Yeah, way too many. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. A couple more NFL notes. One uh, impacting Dak Prescott when we come back.
Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Borky, we have not talked about story that I want to talk about today. Okay. Wrestling? No, 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 no. It is the human atrocity that is Dan Orvlosky. Oh, yeah? Now, first off, I already don't like this guy. All right. I'll tell you that. I'll, I'll give him credit. Football analysis is pretty good. He's good at football analyst. I'll give him that. But this is a man who consistently puts out the worst food takes on all of Twitter. He is the most basic human being. His spice cabinet, proudly, he admits, is only salt and pepper. Like, he can't he can't put Tony's or anything on his food. He does, it, it, it doesn't agree with him. That, that is how, the most Connecticut thing I've ever heard. He is a mayonnaise is spicy kind of guy. But last night on Twitter, this man, in public, without, without prompting and without being forced to do so, admitted that he does not change his towel between showers for like a month. He says he takes 30 showers before he'll take he changes his towel out. That is maybe one of the top 5 most disgusting things ever revealed on Twitter. A month of the towel just sitting there on the rack mildewing and this man does not change his towel. He said this in, in public. Here's the tweet. Question is, how many times do you use a towel post-shower till you throw it in the laundry? I'm 30 times or so till it goes in. Or so, which means more. Could be more. I take the over on that number. Oh, I mean, just imagine. So, might be a few days before I start using a different one. I usually go like once a week. Yeah, you know, you I, I change out towels on like Monday, to, Monday to Sunday, something like that. Once it doesn't smell fresh anymore. Yeah, I can't dry my. Knowing that I just got clean, wrapping myself in something that smells is an impossible task. Can't do it. Yeah, if I ever put the towel up and there's like a whiff of anything, I got I change out, change it out. But I definitely am like you know, a week's worth of showers and it's time to get a new towel. This man is going a month. I'm a big air dry guy, though. I'll uh, I'll only dry the area that, for the most part, the, the the area that you know underwear covers, and just put underwear on and let the rest just kind of air dry. That's kind of my thing. I don't know if that's the right way to do it that or not. not but that, is, that is not. That, I don't know if that about that. That doesn't work for me. I like to be dry. I like to you know get the, the moisture off of me. I don't want to mildew myself. Well, it, um, you know. So no, I I get I get I get the, the towel out and I, I put it to work. Amanda says I two just, times. I couldn't believe this, this grown man said this. And of course, like I said, I should expect it. I should expect it because he is just the worst. <laughs> he's, he's just. I mean, when I saw his salt and pepper thing, and he was just like so proud of that, I'm like, you don't. I'm, I would never invite you to a cookout. No, never. For, for those of you that have not spent time up north, it, it's not okay. There are stereotypes that are inaccurate. 
that are not a reflection of the people in which you are stereotyping. The whole Mm -hmm. northern people don't season their food thing is an accurate Mm -hmm. depiction of their food options up there. Absolutely. Did I tell you my, my steak visit, my steakhouse visit in New York about what happened there? No. I went I went to have a really nice steakhouse in New York when I was up there with Brandon Walker. So Brandon obviously from Mississippi. And as we sit down and he you know, we order and, and, the, and they go off, they're gonna place our make our steaks. And he looks at me and goes, Now look, when it comes, you're gonna have to put some salt and pepper on it. I was like, Brandon, we're we're in this restaurant, we're gonna pay like a hundred dollars for these steaks. And you're telling me I got a season, and he's like, they just they don't know they don't know how to how to do that up here. So my steak comes, I'm like, I'm gonna take a bite, and I'll be damned if he wasn't right. I had to put salt on the steak that I paid a hundred bucks for. I, well, you wouldn't have paid for it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this restaurant, this famous steakhouse, doesn't know how to put salt and pepper on something. Come on, guys. It's everything. It's. Yeah, I mean mac and cheese is not seasoned like barbecue. They they don't do that adequately. Everything. It, I, I've got family in Ohio and Pennsylvania, and it's embarrassing. Honestly, it's embarrassing. Yeah, I cannot believe you paid a hundred dollars for a steak that was purposefully unseasoned. I mean, it was, and the quality of the meat was great. Beautiful steak, beautiful ribeye steak. I couldn't have been happier. But it needs some salt. But they don't like you. You can't sear them properly without the the season. That's that's what creates the crust well, I mean, on the when sear. When you put it in a twelve hundred dollar, twelve hundred degree broiler, anything will get seared at some point. True, but man, I just seen my face when he said that. I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" I may have said a a word in between "are you" and "kidding me," but I was just in shock. He's like, "They just they don't know how to cook up here. They just don't." Gross. College football yeah, fixes but not as gross as the towel thing. No, we'll uh, we'll get to the Dak thing. Uh, he's losing a weapon. We'll talk about that. We'll talk some college football. A couple of notes: one on a former Georgia player, another on a game that is being scheduled that I wish we were a part of, honestly. But uh, that when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Five o'clock hour, Fast First 2 with you. On this Wednesday, I'm Michael Borky, he's Brian Haydad, great to be with you. The, the towel takes are flowing on the text line right now. I didn't realize that the... Hey, that bringing Dan Orvlosky into this show would elicit such emotion, but here we are. Yes. I mean, that towel can probably walk itself to the hamper after 30 days. Good Lord. Jim says, I listen to the three of y'all almost every day, and I love the show, but if anyone uses a towel more than once, it's disgusting. I'm still going to listen. Y'all are great. We appreciate you. Somebody else, somebody else said that. I'm like, you can't hide money. Who has that many towels? I think in our house we have like maybe eight, nine bath towels. Like, no, I'm not doing a load of towels every every week. No. And, and no. on the lack of seasoning and 
uh, northern food, we get a message, you think that's bad, I grew up in the UK, they bring unseasoned to a whole new level. Did we talk about those uh, uh, British, like, 14-year-olds that yeah, tried? Th- those have been some fun videos to watch, to watching them try sweet tea and biscuits and gravy and stuff. They had no idea what they were getting into. Yeah, the the kids kept calling biscuits scones. It's like, hey, buddy, we got scones here, too. That's not what you're eating. That's a biscuit. Show it some respect. But it was funny how their mind was blown at just, like, basic, yeah. like, southern food. Well, they see the gravy, and they're like, that's not gravy, because they think gravy should be brown, which, yes. you know, I, I like brown gravy, but, you know, it's sausage gravy. That's what it looks like. And they loved it. The it, videos are on the Internet, by the way, if you guys want to see them. It is really funny. It's like 14-year-old British kids trying southern food for the first time, and every single time they're like, this is the greatest thing I've ever had in my life. Yeah. They, uh, they... Love it. But we'll turn the page. Appreciate your messages. We can't get to them all. we got sports to talk about. It is time for the college football fix. Driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Some scheduling news and also like a pro day note here for the college football fix. A little light on college football news today. But a couple of things for you. And driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer, the F-150 has been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades. Test drive one this weekend when you're not watching hoops or baseball. And you'll want one as bad as I want one. Trust me, I do. I mean, my, my hood is now starting to fade. Like, I just need to get rid of my car and get in an F-150. You should, too, at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Um, remember Jalen Carter, the, the Georgia player that, was at the Combine when a warrant was put out for his arrest. Very shortly after the Atlanta Journal-Constitution exposed that during the fatal crash uh, that took the lives of a Georgia football player and a staff member, um, allegedly street racing was involved, and he was driving the other car and, and, and was racing. So he went to, to answer to those charges had his pro day today, and it went poorly. He's actually nine pounds heavier than he was at the combine, but it's it's not just the weight gain. It's um, couldn't finish the individual drills uh, today at uh, at Georgia. So there's a chance that a free fall is coming. Uh, did not work out. Didn't bench. Didn't do the forty. Was just doing individual drills. Weighed in at 323, which again is up nine pounds over his combine weight and couldn't get through uh, the workout today. So an otherwise uber-talented player may be dealing with some distractions. Maybe mentally he's not in it right now because he's dealing with the legal side of things, but either way, what would have been a surefire top-five pick, possibly the number one overall pick, um, is going is possibly going to free-fall. I mean, if you're an NFL team that you need defensive line help and you like him and you like another guy, he's given you every reason in the world to like the other guy more. Yeah, not 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 a good uh, not a good few weeks for for Jalen Carter. Real quick, I got to break in with some baseball stuff. But uh, the starting pitcher tonight for Louisiana, that game is underway down there in Biloxi between Mississippi State and Louisiana. ERA of ninety nine, not point nine nine, ninety nine, and a whip of infinity. Oh. <laughs> Had given up a walk and a hit, and no innings pitched. So he didn't get an out, but he just got yeah, an out. So he just lowered his uh, his ERA to uh, eighty one. Wow, 
Good job. Rome wasn't built in the day, as they say. No, no. Yeah. The other bit of college football news, it's it's for 2024, but still. I, I uh, love this, and I wish we were involved in this. Maybe one day we will be. LSU and USC, by the way, are opening the 2024 season in Las Vegas. The Roomba is going to get LSU and USC a huge, huge matchup uh, for brands and all that, but LSU fans in Vegas. Buddy. The debauchery levels just got higher in Las Vegas. I can't wait to see those people. I only wish they were playing like Wisconsin instead. Just I've never. Can you drink the Las Vegas Strip dry? Let's try it. Let's find out. Yeah, USC will do okay though. They will. Neutral sites on the docket. Does State have any? I don't think Ole Miss has any. Not anytime soon. No. Are, Are those gone? They're done, right? No, I mean, you've just got to win enough, you know? you got to be an attractive team. Um, but with the nine-game conference then, slate. Well, yeah, I mean, it just depends. It just depends on what they do. I mean, you might see some situations where they try to, I don't know if they would try to do a conference game there or not. Maybe try to balance out some of these 5-4 situations you're going to have. I don't know. Which, by the way... Uh, speaking of LSU, they, they are clearing schedule space right now. Uh, they moved, I believe, a matchup with UConn uh, to 2029 so they could clear mm-hmm. up an extra date to have a ninth conference game. It's, and, and the vote's coming soon. This, it's happening. Looking at this, this is 2024. This is the first year that Texas and Oklahoma will be there. LSU will play 10, 10 Power 5 games that year. They will play nine conference games, and they will play this game with USC. And it won't matter because the playoff will be expanded. So if they lose this extra game, right. they're still in perfectly. They'll be fine. Action. But yeah, but at the same time, they're going to make a. I mean, right now LSU is going to have a really strong resume for to be the number one team in the nation if they can be eleven and one, ten or, or you know twelve and zero. Do you think they're going to keep the Power Five requirement? So you have to play nine SEC no, games, and because, so you think they're going to drop that? Because for the schools like State, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, I mean, Kentucky's going to keep their. That's the thing, though. Kentucky's going to keep theirs because they're going to want to keep Louisville. Uh, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, they will all keep theirs because they have a natural Power 5 rival they play every year. But I think they're going to take the requirement off because they want bowl teams. And, you know, it's just going to be more difficult with Power 5 games. Isn't that a sticking point? Where the, is. the vote think, is being held up by that requirement, or has been held up by that requirement? I don't th- well, I, I think that that vote's probably going to get held up a little bit more by Nick Saban's complaints than anything else. But I'm sure that's something that's been brought up. You know that if we're going to go to nine, you know, the whole reason that they, they they created the Power Five requirement was because they wanted to stay at eight. Well, if they're going to go to nine, it just makes sense to do that. But like and I said before, all these schools are going to have contracts to buy out one way or the other. You know, State has already got four non-conference games scheduled for 2024. I'm pretty sure Ole Miss does as well. Somebody's getting bought out of that. It's not going to be the FCS team. You're definitely going to keep the FCS team on there. So it's going to be one of your other two group of five teams. You know, for State, oh, gosh, I, I, I used to know it off the top of my head. But let's see here. State in 2024, uh, Eastern Kentucky is their FCS team. They play UMass and Utah State and Starkville, and then they go to Tempe, Arizona to play Arizona State. 
So if we say they keep Arizona State, they got to buy out one of those other two. But if you're going to buy out Arizona State, that's going to be more expensive because you got to buy out a road game. And you to, that's two game set that you're going to buy out. I bet so they're going to keep. I mean, it. there's going to be some. I bet they'll keep all their currently scheduled Power Five games. Well, if that's the case, they'll be playing Power Five through 2032, I believe. That's crazy. Yeah, Ole Miss next year. It's Furman, my Paladins. Upset alert: Middle Tennessee at Wake Forest and Georgia Southern. So. Uh, I mean, maybe they yeah. do get rid of the Furman game, maybe, but I doubt it. It would more likely be Middle Tennessee or Georgia Southern. Gone. Yeah. 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 Interesting stuff. Well, that's I, just, I'm, that's I'm excited just, to that's find just, out That's just going to be how business this. is done. That's just how business is going to have to be over these next few years. And this is the, the lunacy of these football schedules being so far in advance, and it's never made sense to me, and now it's going to come back to bite some teams. Yeah, Ole Miss is scheduled out to 2037 with a home game on September 5th against Virginia Tech. The fact that they already know the day is hilarious. Yeah, I don't know how they could possibly know the day for that. What conference will Virginia That's Tech the... be in on that day? The remnants of the ACC? Do you want to hear a hot take? Sort of. The SEC? Not, near, not here. Not with, no. I think no. so. By no 2037... Chance. I think Virginia Tech will be in the SEC. Hmm. I don't think the ACC will exist by 2037. I think it's gone. But we uh, we will see. Fletcher Cox just signed uh, a deal. We'll tell you with who and for how much. And also that DAC thing we've been teasing for about a half hour when we come back. at Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Fletcher Cox returning to the Eagles. One year, $10 million deal. A, a hometown discount, as it was described. Apparently he had bigger offers to go elsewhere. Wanted to stay in Eagle for one more year. Possibly his last one. Maybe this is it for him. Could be. I mean, that's that will be his... His first year was 2012. So this will be his 11th season in the league. I mean, that's a long time to play the defensive line. Yeah, might be ready to go ahead and call it a career. Made over $100 million. Good to go. Ooh. When you put it that way, that, uh, that feels kind of nice. Also, yeah. Dak Prescott down one weapon. Ezekiel Elliott was given his release from the Cowboys. It's a money move, and also it's a... Um, they should have seen this coming years ago. I don't bat a 1,000. I get things wrong. The day they signed that contract with Zeke, right on these exact airwaves, somebody... Not to pick on Richard. I'm not going to pick on Richard, actually. I'm not going to say what he said in response. It was a stupid contract. It was way too big. He wasn't good enough to get that contract. It was too much of the cap. And it was always going to end this way. It was always going to end this way. Overpaid, under-delivered, released at the end of it. Zeke Elliott is gone. I don't even think this is going to hurt the Cowboys that much. If at all. I think they're going to be fine. Pollard's great. They'll find another one. 
and it's not going to affect them at all, and it's going to help them because now they got cap space to go get another wide receiver, and maybe they'll draft a running back in the second or third round, and they won't miss a beat. This was always going to be how this ended with a stupid contract that Jerry Jones gave a guy that shouldn't have gotten a contract that was that stupid. I mean, you say they lost a weapon. It's like they lost a 22. They didn't really lose much here, you know. Not a lot of firepower there. So, yes, they will. You know, Pollard is a perfectly capable running back. You can always draft another one, and then uh, you go and you go get an elite receiver to pair with CD Lamb, and that gives Dak another weapon. You know, and, and you and you go forward from there. So, yeah, this is this is something that had to happen, and now it has happened. And I think we've caught up on all the crazy NFL news uh, today. Again, free agency's here. Lamar Jackson is um, free now to talk to teams. What a weird deal that is. I- I've seen a lot of people accuse the NFL of collusion. And uh, maybe that's what's happening. But, like, like sp- say it out loud when you're talking about collusion. So, Lamar Jackson wants a massive payday from the Ravens. He wants... Deshaun Watson money. Deshaun Watson got a contract that was widely considered reckless and stupid from the Cleveland Browns. It it was a Mm -hmm. a guaranteed money that doesn't make any sense, especially considering his history. But Which you have to consider. Even if you take that out, giving that much guaranteed money to a quarterback is stupid. And the Browns were widely criticized for doing that. Lamar Jackson wants the same contract. Hits essentially free agency, gets the non-exclusive guess franchise tag. Guess he better tag. hit some massage parlors then. I guess. But when other NFL teams decide, you know what, I'm out, if that's the amount of money, people accuse them of collusion. So Lamar wants the same contract as Watson. Everybody calls the Watson contract dumb. But now the Falcons, for example, are dumb but, for not wanting to give him that contract but if they gave him, like if they went to the negotiating table and offered him less money, because that's what you do in negotiations, you don't give your best offer first, all the Ravens have to do is match that offer and he's stuck with the Ravens. So if you're a competitor of the Ravens, you don't want to help them by offering Lamar Jackson a small contract. And if you give him a big contract that he wants... The Ravens are just going to say, we'll take the first-round picks, thank you very much, and you guys can have them for that ridiculous number. When you say it out loud, collusion doesn't make any sense. It's just teams don't want to give up two first for a massive contract, where if they offered a lesser contract, the Ravens match it, and you just help them win games with a good player. That's what's going on here, is the Falcons don't want to help the Ravens. And they don't want to give up two first-round picks in a massive contract. It That's all that's happening here. The thing. There is a thing to consider, though. The, the the reason the recklessness of the Watson contract is because of the off-the-field stuff. Just on the field, paying Watson a lot of money makes a lot of sense. But the most Lamar Jackson money is a form- ever? Well, no, but, but I mean, he is a... Re- when he was just a football player, he was a really good, good quarterback. Really good. And Lamar Jackson is a really good quarterback. He's a former league MVP. So... I, I I get a lot of what you're saying. At the same time, though, like if this, I was all in on the idea of the Saints going after Lamar. Oh yeah, you know, I'm happy with Derek Carr, but I would have loved Lamar Jackson in New Orleans. I, I would have too. He's a great player, and somebody is going to go after him. It's just 
when the initial reporting was, hey, look, the Falcons, the Commanders, they're out. They don't want to give a contract like that. Oh, collusion! They're all colluding with each other! No, it's more like the Falcons have decided, you know what? We're not going to give up draft capital and that contract for Lamar Jackson. This idea that other teams want to help the Ravens here makes absolutely no sense when you think about it outside of emotion. If you, if you want the NFL to be all corrupt, in other words, uh, because they won't give Lamar Jackson that kind of money, that, that that's emotional thinking. Rational thinking is he's asking for too much. And when he turned down, what, three years, $133 million guaranteed from the Ravens back in September, other teams decided... If that number comes down, we'll engage. But right now, we're out. Sorry. That's too much. That's not collusion. That's just making a financial decision. The Browns were desperate. You see you see how it comes across, though, as collusion, because there are a lot of bad quarterbacks in the NFL. There are. And Lamar Jackson is available at the right price. The idea that nobody would want him, that they're all coming to the same This is a, again, this is a... A business that thro- throws around huge contracts to players. We we just said the Browns gave Deshaun Watson a ridiculous contract. Ridiculous contracts get handed out all the time. The fact that nobody wants to offer Lamar Jackson a ridiculous contract is a little. I, I get where you could say that. I understand why you how you could infer that from those actions. I believe I, I believe I used infer correctly. It's not shouldn't be imply. It should be infer. Somebody's going to offer him. I mean, he, he they, they he just think, now yeah. opened for discussions today. That's that's where I'm coming from mostly is the process hadn't begun yet and it was already corruption. I don't know, but either uh, either way. 6018794395 thinks that Lamar uh, is good but won't ever win a Super Bowl. Get another message. Uh, Zeke and Dak's O-line their first year was insane. Best in the NFL. It was. Yeah. It hadn't been the same since. Was Elliott really a weapon? He has not been for years. I uh, I do agree. I do agree with that for uh, for sure because he hadn't been. He never was going to be. But, you know, Jerry Jones insists on giving out massive contracts, and uh, so he's going to be able to do that. The Masters Dinner. I love this content. We do it every year. The winner of the Masters, for those of you that are not familiar, this we're not going to talk golf. We're going to talk food on a Wednesday. Uh, the winner of the Masters food Wednesday. The, the next year gets to pick the menu for the Champions Dinner. The Champions Dinner is a Masters Week tradition where all of the past champions that are living get invited to an exclusive dinner where the most recent winner picks the menu. So it's the most exclusive club in sports, and the winner gets to pick the menu. Scotty Scheffler's menu is out. And so what would your menu be? I love this stuff. We do it every year. What would your menu be if you were the Masters champion? And seriously, their kitchen, you can bring in your own chefs as well as if you want to. They, They allow that. But they will make anything. There's nothing off limits. It's you tell us, we'll make it happen. Here's Scotty Scheffler's menu. As an appetizer, cheeseburger sliders, and underneath it it said served Scotty style, which I would 
would love to know what that no is. No idea That's what that a little means. concerning, but Where's he way, from? I think Georgia. Okay. No, Texas. Texas. He went to Texas. Okay. Maybe there's some barbecue sauce on there, some onions. I don't know. Firecracker shrimp with sweet Thai chili and sriracha mayo. So those are your appetizers. One of those two. Tortilla soup with avocado, blue tortilla strips, sour cream, cilantro, and lime. So that's your second course. Apparently everybody gets that. Your main course is either a Texas ribeye steak or a blackened redfish with Mm family-style mac and cheese, jalapeno cream, corn, fried Brussels sprouts, and french fries. Okay. And for dinner, a warm chocolate chip cast iron skillet cookie. With milk and cookies ice cream. Do you know what that is? What you just said? That is a gussied up Chili's two for 20. <laughs> That's what that is. That is a fancier <laughs> Applebee's pick two, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, all I need is a frosty mug with a big uh, Brutus uh, beer in it. You know, that's, what, that's all I need. What would you put on your menu? Tell us when we come back. listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you having a little bit of fun with Scotty Scheffler's Masters Dinner. As explained before, it's where the previous winner gets to pick the menu for the Champions Dinner, which is only previous champions. You get to pick whatever you want, no limits. I mean, I, I guess nobody's picked something like gross, like horse or whatever, but generally there's there's no limits to what you can do for your Masters Dinner. If you were Scotty Scheffler this year, Haydad called uh, his options like uh, Applebee's two for 20. So what would yours be? We're going to go some sort of... Uh, for appetizers, I, I, I want to go... I'm, I'm of two minds here. Do I want to go fancy? Do I want to be like, you know what? They're going to do whatever I ask, so let's get the best of the best here. Or do I want to really represent myself? Because representing myself will be a lot closer to what Scotty Scheffler's got going there. I mean, like, if I'm representing myself, we're probably doing, like, buffalo wings and, uh... God, if I'm going to get an appetizer, what do I want? Pretzel bites? I love pretzel bites with queso. Love them. I shouldn't be having this discussion while I'm hungry. Um, and then, you know... Now, we got to go fancy. So let's do... I want to do... I want to do uh, sushi. I want to do a sushi appetizer course. I want a lot of a sushi. I love sushi. And then we'll go uh, surf and turf. We'll go uh, steak, lobster, crab. I don't know. Like, maybe just like a, a, a big steak topped with some crab meat, mashed potatoes, like potato puree, like no lumps. No lumps in Brian Haydad's mashed potatoes. Mac and cheese. I like the fried Brussels sprout idea a lot. Um, asparagus. I like some grilled asparagus. 
For dessert, we're going to have cheesecake. That is my my number one dessert. Cheesecake with like a strawberry topping on it. Nice. A little homemade whipped cream. Yeah. It's a good menu. There it is. My, mine would be, I would start with a, like a New Orleans theme. I, I would start with oysters. Uh, your choice, either mm-hmm. uh, char-grilled or just on the half shell. Either one. I'll take them both. Well, yeah. I'll, I would take them both myself, but either one. And then course number two would be a seafood gumbo. The main course would be just a, a good thick ribeye steak with roasted potatoes on the side, cooked however you want it. it. If you go above medium rare, I'd probably kick you out, but still, you know, however you want it. No, no, no. This is my dinner. If you go above medium rare, there's a chicken option. And there's, of course, if somebody does have, like, Crohn's or something like that, there would be, like, a salmon option as well for them. It wouldn't be listed on the menu, but if somebody had to, you know, had a dietary restriction, I would offer them the opportunity. And then for dessert, I would have I would have it shipped in a peanut butter pie from a place called Brick Street Cafe in downtown Greenville, South Carolina. It is the greatest dessert I've ever had that would be shipped in, and we'd have Irish coffee. My wife makes a mean peanut butter pie. It's good. Nobody thinks of peanut butter as a dessert food. They're wrong. Oh, it's good. She she makes the crust out of uh, crunched up nutter butter cookies. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You ever had like a nab, which I started calling them that now that I live in Mississippi, but like a peanut butter cracker, and you, and you dip it in jelly? No. no oh, I it's, done that. I can't uh, say that I have. It, it is un... I mean, it changed my life. So we get this big jar of like... I say organic jelly. It, it's just there, there's no preservatives in it. it it's just the, the the crushed up. It's strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, and blackberries. I think is the four that go mm-hmm. in it. Uh, no sugar, no anything else. It's just true fruit. But I'll get those peanut yeah. butter crackers and and just scoop the uh, the jelly that's meant for my son and eat those. Man, I, I could do that for hours. Honestly, I pulled hours. the. Uh... The Peter Griffin move last week. I put butter on a pop tart. Nothing. I don't think I've ever done that, but that sounds like it would make perfect sense. It was good. It was good. Butter on a pop tart is is a good thing. As Peter Griffin taught us. Irish coffee. Which, by the way, if uh, if you do coffee in Mississippi, call me because I need to change my regular. I, I need to mix it up. And, and I want to go local. I, I want a, a, a Mississippi coffee. I know company, a guy. But that guy, I know a guy. But I'm seeking. Hmm? I'm seeking an endorsement. So call me. I want your coffee. I'll drink it. And I'll tell people about it if it's good. If it's not, I won't tell anybody. I know about a guy. It. I will protect your business. I know a guy. But I, I'm looking to change up my coffee. I, I it's just it's gotten stale on me. It's a Would big like brand. To try the, it's a national brand. It's not a Mississippi brand, and, I, and I'm sick of like doing Would you like to try that. the uh, the new maple bacon pancake variety? Yeah, see, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. All right, I'm going to make this. I'll get you a uh, sampler pack. That, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about because I, I I am sick of this big brand national crap that I've been drinking every morning for three years. I can't do it anymore. I, I can't. It's. I, I had a sip today, and I thought, I have this every day. I depend on this every day, and it's bad. Why do I do this to myself anymore? 
Well, well, I'm choosing bad, so I'm going to mix it up. Anyway, yes, I am trying to get free coffee. I'm shameless. Yes, I am. I definitely know a guy. That's not an issue. So, getting some recommendations here. I will. uh, I'll use them for sure. Get a coffee press. Local coffee purveyor should be reaching out to you, but that should. But I will. I'll reach out to my guy. We get a message here. I've always been a medium well person. Got served a medium rare on accident at a company sales trip last month, and it was hard to put into words. That experience will never go back. Hey, you saw the light. Oh, that's that's the that's like Saul on the road to Damascus. You saw the light, and now you're with the chosen people. So this isn't political. This is just the person. Uh, uh, there's always been the the understood knowledge that our previous president ate well done steak. I've oh always God, hoped yeah. since I heard that that's not true. Like that's just a troll no, job or true. something. Because the it's leader true. of the free world should not be eating well done steak. Shouldn't yeah, have that's a true story. I don't know, I'm just telling you how it is. It's just, I mean everybody says it. So I mean I have to assume that there's some truth in that. The man owned a steak company for a while. I mean the people have got to know how he liked the steak. That's so disappointing. I mean the leader of the free world well-done steaks and ketchup? Come on, man. Disappointing. This uh, disappointing. It is. It is. But, you know, I I, I, I always hearken back. There was a I, – I don't know the guy. I was at a friend's kid's birthday – like they, a friend's kid's birthday party, and then afterwards we all went to dinner with the kids, right? So we went to a place in Startville that sells steaks called Harvey's. Good place to eat. And uh, this guy orders a filet, asks for it well done. So immediately my eye twitched involuntarily when I heard that. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So it comes out, and I mean, this thing's like hockey puck. I can see before it even cuts into it. I was like, that, that, that's no longer steak. It's just a really chewy hamburger. And then he had the gall to ask for ketchup. And I was just like, I'm out, I'm out. You and I never be friends no matter how hard you try. I would never speak to you again voluntarily. <laughs> like, who, who does that? Tyler says he would go with the fried chicken dinner, gravy, and mashed potatoes. It can't go wrong with that. I mean, I'd eat that. I'd eat that. Especially knowing who would be making it. I mean, it, and again, you could, they let you bring in anybody you want. So if you've got like this one small town restaurant that you love, they would fly those people in to make it for you. So, yeah. Mike says oysters, seared sea scallops, and crawfish etouffee over a fried grits cake. Entree is a 28-ounce porterhouse Oscar-style dessert as bourbon bread pudding. My man. Love it. I don't think I've ever Bo gone and, like Bo 28 and, and I agreed steak. with something earlier today, and now he's saying he hits his steaks well, super well done, charred on top. So now we're back to disagreeing. So life is back to normal. I feel like, or at least I hope he's trolling you with that. Could be. I, I hope so. Try peanut butter on a Ritz cracker, make a bowl with the peanut butter, and pour in W sauce? Really? W sauce and peanut no. butter? No. I can't imagine. No. I'm so that curious. Uh, I'm so curious I might try it, though, honestly. I will. I will not be trying it. I have some W sauce, but no. I, no. My mind is my mind is blown right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I've heard of some weird combinations, but that's not the one for me. Yeah, if the steak is cooked right, you don't need sauce. That's right. A1's great on a burger, though. Yeah, it is. I'll put A1 on a burger, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. John in Oxford says I'd fly the owners of Grit and Taylor Catfish and let them do as they wish. Good people there at Taylor Cat uh, Taylor Grocery. Good. They make people. the best fried catfish I've ever had. Yes, uh, yes, they do. LB in Oxford's recommending a French press. See, we have one, but I, I I'm a little lazy, and that feels like a lot of work as opposed to just kind of you know filling up a filter and turning it on and it coming out. I, I know. It's not a good excuse. I need to try that, though. My wife, before she stopped drinking coffee, had a French press and loved it. Thanks to Scotty Scheffler for the content. We'll be back. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi State women's basketball team get their tournament run started tonight. They are also in the play-in game. They're in South Bend tonight playing Illinois. Because that's how postseason basketball works sometimes. Well, I mean, it's, you know, the women's basketball, the, yeah. the regionals are all hosted by the teams. So they, they so don't the have Notre a, Dame a regional site. For it's the Notre, the, well, it's the Notre Dame sub-regional. Because uh-huh. Notre Dame is the three seed. I think they're in the... Uh, I think they're in South. They're actually in South Carolina's regional, so they're in the East. Oh, that's a fun draw. Yeah. So yeah, if they get to the Elite Eight, they get to play South Carolina. I think at that point, State wouldn't care. Should be like, you know what? We made the Elite Eight. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text on. We appreciate all of you guys being a part of the show today. A lot of messages. We can't. Uh, we can't get to them all, but we read them all for sure, and, and we appreciate each and, and every one. Of you, somebody says the final segment should be what can we make Borky try? I, there, there's not much that I wouldn't try. I mean, I've had rattlesnake before. Like I dive right in. So if guy says put W sauce and peanut butter, I'll try it. It doesn't sound like it's something that I'd love, but I'd try it. I don't understand it. You go but, right ahead. I mean, I tried peanut butter and coffee. The internet said it would be good. It did not work. It didn't. No. It didn't like melt into the coffee. Did just... you ever try the mayonnaise and coffee like Will Le- Will Levis? No, I wouldn't dare. No, he does. That's where I draw the line. Is he also eats bananas with the peel on? So yeah. Yeah. I hope the Panthers draft him. I really do. That would be great. I can't tell who I want more, him or Richardson. I can't tell. Levis, because like, at least Richardson has all the physical tools to end up being good by yeah. chance. Yeah, he could luck into being good. Mississippi State baseball right now locked at zero with Louisiana. 
One nothing Louisiana actually. They just scored. Louisiana just scored to make it one nothing. So that game yeah. going on right now. What do I think Ole Miss needs to do to get the pitching to where it needs to be for conference play? Um Honestly, I don't know if there's anything Mike Bianco can do differently. It's more about individual players need to step up into the roles that they are in. You know what I mean? Uh, that's kind of a elementary way to put it, but I don't. There, there's nothing that Mike Bianco has done in non-conference play that I should or that I would say eh, maybe shouldn't have done that or shouldn't have left that guy in or should have given this guy more innings. He's gotten good looks at a bunch of these dudes, and very few of them have separated. Some have, but not many, and not enough, especially when you get into the postseason when when you're playing possibly four games in a regional, uh, for example, when when it's kind of an all-hands-on-deck deal. It's early. It's March 15th, but it's more about who needs to step up as opposed to what Ole Miss needs to do right now. Guys need to emerge and be reliable, because right now they're not. It's like two bullpen arms that when they go on the mound, you think they have a chance here. Otherwise, it's we'll see. The individuals more so than like coaching or strategy. If that makes sense. It makes sense to me. So you're good. You're good. Peanut butter and bologna. What is wrong with you people? No. Peanut butter and bacon. Good. Yeah. Dwayne and Brandon says try Nutria gumbo. I'd try it. I would. I would. Not eating rat. I had squirrel, and that's about the that's closest to rat I'm allowed. I'm gonna allow myself to get. Nutria is just a big rat. I'm not. Just I'm not doing that. Big ugly rat. I I think that they've made their way all the way up to here. By the way, when I was fishing a I'm few sure weeks ago, haven't. I swear I saw a pair of Nutria. I swear I did. You might saw a beaver. No, they didn't have the tails. Well, I got a close enough look to because that's what I thought at first too. But no, they 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 weren't as stubby and they didn't have the tail. They just had that round little little rump. Hmm. I swear I did. Maybe it's going to be one of those old legends, you know, like where I just I was seeing things because I was out in the woods by myself. But <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. All those hallucinogens you take. Yeah, ayahuasca. I just like saying that word more so than understanding what what it is. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what Aaron Rodgers did. Didn't miss any time though. That that's a hallucinogen, and he admits it publicly that that he did it, and the league was like, okay. (laughs) Didn't think anything of it, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. We'll be back tomorrow. The NCAA tournament starts tomorrow. Basketball all over the place. We will talk about that with you and more. K.J. Wright going to join us tomorrow, by the way. Talk some free agency with him. Looking forward to that conversation coming up tomorrow at 4 o'clock. So we'll see you then. In the meantime, you'll have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 3.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.